0: Today on the Delegator Daily Thoughts, we are going to look at Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who probably will be the next Supreme Court Justice, God help us, and why the hell she can't define what a woman is. I mean, it's not exactly doing a liver transplant. Doesn't everyone kind of have a grip on what a woman is? How about Biden? He's got a new tax in mind. Amazing Democrats and taxes They go together like... uh, I don't know. Democrats and taxes. Uh, the redistribution of wealth. And Biden is trotting out a billionaire's tax. But of course, it doesn't just apply to billionaires because Democrats and taxes. We've got uh, some news out of Albuquerque. Apparently, people are really misbehaving on buses lately and the Uh, Basically, just the attitude of people is is going to crap. Uh, You see more nuts all the time, apparently. And yes, if you're holding hands in public and you're white, you're oppressing this poor black woman we're going to hear from. You oppressive, hand holding white people. Is there no shame in you anymore? All that and more today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagen. Let us kick this pig. Welcome again to the Daily Dailyator Daily Thought, and let's get uh, let's get to kicking the pig with discussing President Biden. President mumbles he's trotting out a quote billionaire's tax. This, is, of course, to William Teach at Pirates Cove, one of the best blogs going. You should read it every day. Uh, but he writes that Democrats trotted this idiocy out last September, and when it went nowhere. And a big part of this is unconstitutional. Also, it's, listen closely, not just on billionaires. Well, when, typically when you, when you hand me, without me reading it or hearing anything about it, if you hand me a, a, the, the text of a Democratic uh, plan for taxation, I'll know it's unconstitutional because Democrats don't give a you-know-what about the Constitution. And I'm going to know that it is going to be for a lot more people than they claim. It won't just be for the richest. It won't just be for the top 1%. It won't just be for, quote, billionaires. And this one proves that. Uh, From The Hill, President Biden will propose a new 20% minimum tax on America's wealthiest households, As part of his fiscal 2023 budget, according to a White House fact sheet released on Saturday, Uh, the White House said that the "quote billionaire's minimum income tax," the BMIC, Biden will propose would apply to the top 0.01 percent of American households, Uh, or those worth more than 100 million. Now if you know anything of math anything of counting and well you would know that a billionaire is worth a billion or more dollars that's really rich you would also know that if someone makes more than uh are those worth more than 100 million you know that's really rich i'll take it if you want to hand me a check for 100 million I'll take it, folks. Believe me, I'm not going to stub my nose. I won't cry. I won't do anything but say, God bless you. But, you know, the $100 million is a tenth of what a billion is. So, to be a billionaire, you would think that the tax called the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, billionaire minimum income tax, <coughs> you would think that that would apply to people, well, who are billionaires, but apparently those worth more than $100 million are going to be affected. See how Democrats do the bait and switch? They say it's only for people making this much money, but then they lure that way down. More than half of the revenue raised by the proposed minimum tax would come from households worth more than a billion dollars, according to the fact sheet. course is a democratic fact sheet from a democratic administration and especially a comp incompetent one but their fact sheet says and that tells me it's never going to happen and it really doesn't matter let's be honest they could raise enough revenue and by the way every time presidents cut taxes coolidge kennedy reagan bush trump every time revenues to the government in other words taxation or tax dollars that go into the federal treasury increase when there's tax cuts. So they actually bring in more money when there are tax cuts. But it doesn't matter how much they tax right now. We want $30 trillion deficit, whatever this country has right now. If we were to wipe that out with one tax increase, if it could be done on today is, is Monday. By next Friday, less than two weeks, the deficit would be back up into the tens of billions because Democrats can never tax enough because they never can spend enough because they never can empty, uh, issue empty promises to get fools to vote for them over and over. That's their game. That's their game. We're going to do this for you, that for you, everything for you, and we're going to make those damn multi-billionaires pay for it. Except they never do. The taxes go up. The billionaires have teams of tax attorneys and tax lawyers, and there's all type of loopholes written in the tax code. And guess what? They just get out of paying a lot of that. And even if they did, it wouldn't hurt them. Because they're multi-billionaires. What did, uh, Elon Musk just paid over $2 billion in taxes last year, I believe, if I'm correct. So he just paid that many in taxes and what? It's it's a drop in a bucket. When you're talking spending hundreds of billions, not anymore, trillions now. All these bills, $1.5 trillion, $2.2 trillion. You know, a billion makes a million look really small. A billion makes a hundred million look really small. But you know what makes a billion or ten billion dollars look really, really, really small? A trillion. And that's what we're dealing with now. It's never going to matter. There's never not enough, enough taxation. Because Democrats think money grows on trees and they just the promise of it to people. And of course, things like that cause this thing called inflation. Which Biden, of course, is trying to blame Putin for. Now, Putin's a son of a bitch. We all know that. He's a rotten piece of crap bastard. But I don't think he's responsible for our inflation. I think that's more on uh, our incompetent Congress and president. And yeah, by the way, Trump was way too free spending, too. And so was Reagan. So was every damn president in the past. Uh, I don't even know when the last time we had a real fiscal, fiscal hawk in the White House. Uh, I know Andrew Jackson was, and you know how far you have to go for that. Uh, so yeah, we, we just we just spend too much. Everything costs more than it should because so much of the tax dollars end up going into the pockets of scammers, and buddies of Congress people, and buddies of senators, and buddies of governors, and bu- bu- buddies of administration officials. Corruption, my friends, is an ugly thing. And taxing billionaires more money isn't going to hurt the billionaires. It's going to eventually make inflation happen and get worse. That'll hurt your bottom line if you're a working American. Some actually has to get their hands dirty. And I'm not saying billionaires are are not people who work. I'm sure most of them work very hard. But I'm telling you, the working man, as Democrats always use that term, is not who benefits from liberal taxation policies now here we go listen to this statement here <clears throat> president Biden is a capitalist and believes that anyone should be able to come become a millionaire or a billionaire reads the fact sheet describing the tax proposal. He also believes that it is wrong for America to have a tax code that results in America's wealthiest households paying a lower tax rate than working families. I'll say this. If you're worried about tax rates being different and thus discriminatory, I'm right there with you in principle, but I bet no one on Team Biden would agree with me that we need a either a national excise tax or national flat tax. In other words, everyone pays the same percentage of their taxes. Period. And I bet they would never agree with me that, uh, you know, you, me, everyone who works, well, I'm retired now, but people who work paying 10% of what they earn uh, in taxes. I think that's too much, by the way. I think 10% is too high. But, even if it was 10% and everyone paid it. But people say, well, you don't understand. If a guy's rich, he ought to pay more. Yes, I agree. But I agree in this way. You make $50,000 if you pay 10% of your money into taxes, you write a check to the IRS for $5,000. There you go. If someone else makes $300,000, they're going to write a check too, and they're going to write a check for $30,000. To me, I don't know. Call me crazy, but thirty thousand is more than five thousand. And if you're making five billion, five million a year, your check's going to be for half a million dollars. I think that's more than the other two figures. So if you have one rate for everybody, I agree with you there. But that's never going to happen in this country because tax attorneys, tax lawyers, all those people have carved out a huge niche for themselves to make a lot of money doing what they do, because the tax code is so damn complicated. No one can figure it out. And even if you have the best tax attorneys you can, you're going to get screwed eventually. My dad did when he retired. He was given some bad advice, and guess what? Over 20 grand it cost him. Money he'd earned that he had saved when he worked. That shouldn't happen in this country. I'm all for tax reform. Give us a national flat tax. Give us a rate for everybody. Give it a standard deduction for every individual. You take that out of your income. The net result, you pay 10% of that to the government. Write a check every April 15th. Let's keep it April 15th. You can write that check out every year. And then the government can, by God, be fiscally responsible. It's never going to happen, though, and that's sad. But it is worth noting that Team Biden's billionaire's taxes, (laughs) well... A hundred 100 million or up. Uh, the new proposal would require wealthy households. Doesn't say what wealthy is, but wealthy households to pay twenty percent in taxes on their quote full income. So, I mean, that's uh, I guess that's every way they make money, interest, and who knows whatever, whatever they can tax, they're going to try to tax including standard uh, taxable income as well as unrealized income like gains from stocks. So any way you make money, the government's going to try to take, 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 take a certain cut of it. That's nothing but greed. And it feeds nothing but corruption. One of the major problems in this country, my friends, is right there. Right there. And William Tease makes a good point. He asked how it would work it would first he concludes have to essentially disallow deductions in the tax code that bring the taxable income level to below 20% of what was made or what they made that year as well as increasing the capital gains tax the big part is the quiet part though unrealized income do bill gates and elon musk have access to their billions plus no quite a bit of that is on paper until they quote cash out if you will, it's unrealized. If your house is worth $200,000, it's an unrealized asset. Would you like to be taxed on it? You aren't until you sell it. And the last time they brought this up, it was pointed out that it was unconstitutional. And there have been court rulings on this. Even the Washington Post noted back then the problem's And the Washington Post wrote this. uh, To start, not all assets are as easy to value as publicly traded stocks. Privately held companies such as Charles Koch's Koch Industry are notoriously difficult to value. Rare but valuable items are even more difficult to fix an annual price to. Someone who owns a Leonardo da Vinci or Picasso artwork likely paid more than $100 million dollars for its auction, but it's almost impossible to assess what a unique work of art would sell for at the end of each tax year. You see the complexities we are starting to get into and the difficulties and the inability of any rational human being, no matter how bright and brilliant they are, to make sense of it all. Tax code, if you want to fix it, number one goal should be to simplify it. Define what is income. Define a certain rate. Define a certain personal exemption. And that's it. You're done. Then let the people do the work. Send in their tax check at the end of the year. And there you go. And let the government run for that year. How simple. So simple it will never, ever even be tried. And now, my friends, let's go over here to... Uh, well, how you damn white couples are oppressing black people. And you white devils, you white bastards, you soulless beasts! you you found a new way to oppress black people, apparently. Apparently, you just go down the street holding hands like you're all romantic or something. And you're triggering black people. You're in their space, man. You can't hold hands, apparently, if you're white. There's nothing racist in that statement, of course. But listen to this buffoon who, uh, well, was featured on libs of TikTok. And this, uh, well, who's a black lady with green hair. I'm sure she dyed it. Or she eats way too much broccoli, one of the two. But this black lady with green hair is going to give us a little bit of an example. And her, uh, her little tweet with her video on it, made the libs of TikTok. And her basic premise is that white people shouldn't walk down the street holding hands because it takes up space for black people. Wouldn't it take up space for Hispanic people, Asian people, and other white people? I'm just asking. I'm just asking because, you know, stupid, stupid people like this give us stupid problems that don't really exist that we're supposed to find smart solutions to. and as moon battery puts it the lady doing the video doesn't maybe doesn't sound so stable uh but uh make sure the volume's up here but here you go people have a listen to this chattering idiot i know that every person of color has been on the receiving end of this so my video is actually more for white people actually This is a serious question and I would like a serious answer in my comment section or a stitch. Are y'all aware that y'all often take up space with disregard for the people of color around you? If there's any confusion I can give you guys an example. I'm from New York City. Sometimes a sidewalk is narrow to the point where there's only enough room for two two modes of traffic, one going and one coming. But that has never stopped white people from walking side by side and holding hands. And expecting you to either stand and wait for them to pass or walk in the street if you need to keep going. Are you guys aware that this is something that you do or is it something that happens by accident? Because people. Oh my God, the horrors. You know, I have actually held hands in public before. I've gone down sidewalks, thankfully never in New York, a place I hope to never, ever, ever have to be again. I was there for a few days. I hated it hated it. Everyone thinks dirty. Everyone's loud. Everyone's in a hurry. Everyone's talking really fast. Everyone's acting like a complete jackass. So you can keep New York. I've been to LA too a couple times and you can keep that too. Believe me, you can keep that. And I've never been to Chicago and uh, don't plan on it. But anyway, that's my big city bias speaking there. But anyway, this this woman is talking about white people holding hands, taking up space. I know I've how many times holding hands with someone going up and down the street and you're on the sidewalk at the mall, whatever, uh, when we all used to go to malls. I've been dating myself, I guess. But anyway, we would just hold hands and go single file for meeting people or we would stop holding hands and walk together and kind of, you know, one in front, one in back. We never made people walk around us. We never expected people. Now we did run into a few people who did that. And let me tell you, the people who did it were rare, but I pretty much remember couples of every possible race who wouldn't stop holding hands and other people had to figure out a way to go around them. Um. So that is that is rude behavior. Shouldn't do it, but that's something people of all races have to deal with at times. It's it's also something people of all races do it sometimes. You know, I've told this story many times. When I was young, you would hold the door for people. You were going to a hardware store, Seven Eleven. Didn't matter if it involved opening a door to go in and someone was right there, you would hold it, and you'd allow them to go first, to go in, you start after you. And if someone was coming out, you'd kind of stand back, hold the door, oh, go ahead, and let them go out. And they always said, thank you. And the rare, rare person out there would be the person who would not, would not say thank you for holding the door for them. I even had one woman who was, yes, very physically attractive, and I wasn't really looking for a date. <laughs> I was just going in to get uh, something from the 7-Eleven. When I said out oh, you first and held the door, and she just looked at me and gave me this snide look. I remember her, I don't think so. And she pushed open the opposite door and went out. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? You think I was flirting with you or something? I don't know. Uh, I just know I'm never holding the door for my mom again. But anyway, I wonder how many people got that. But anyway, this not a racial thing. This lady with green hair and her racial obsession syndrome is showing everything that happens to this woman is racial. No, no, no everything bad that happens is racial. Everything good, it, it's something good just happened to me, but everything bad that happens is a directed at her because of her skin color. Who she's hung up on or which she's hung up on. And B, it's probably the fault of white people, who she hates because she's a damn bigot. But just beware, people, there are stupid, stupid, stupid people out there. And then we have this. Dave Blunt also writes at Moon Battery about this. The Crown Act. Have you heard of this act? It's a new thing the Congress passed and basically it's designed so that certain hairstyles you the person wearing the hairstyle can't be discriminated against in hiring and firing things like that because there's this myth that if you're black and have a certain style of hair uh cornrows or afros or or others that somehow you're going to be discriminated against no one will give you a job in racist america which is not true I don't know how many times I go out and I see people everywhere working, black people with afros, cornrows, different top braids. And I'm a fan of all those. They look, they look good. Some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen have had cornrows or braids or afros. Uh, and they're gorgeous. And yes, I smile and I flirt, unless her husband's with them and I are bigger than me. But anyway... This idea that you're going, this is this horrible problem in America and we have to fix it with federal legislation. Several uh, cities, maybe some states have passed similar laws. But you know what this sets up? And I know this because I've run businesses before and helped to run businesses before. And the fact is this, you have people who will get fired for very good reasons. I remember I, I fired a guy who was late for a bar shift and didn't call, and that ticked me off. Another time, he copped an attitude about a shift he got uh, because we had two bars, and we kind of rotated the slower bar between all the bartenders, so he didn't like the fact that he got a slow shift. Well, everyone gets it. We trade it off. And the third time, he basically just didn't show up for a shift, and there was a like a private event we had for 40, 50 people so I wouldn't have. I bartended for him, because so I did a better job than he would have ever done. But the fact is, uh, when he came to work the very next day, I told him, "I don't know what you're doing here. You're fired. You didn't show up yesterday. You're gone. Bye. See ya. You will get your last check in the mail." And he accused. He actually tried to bring a suit against me for racism, and against the owner. And it's odd because the owner is the guy who who really. Asked me if I'd hire this guy, even though we really didn't need The owner went out of his way to make a place for this kid, right? And we hired him. He was, uh, I believe, Vietnamese, but he accused me of uh, of uh, racism against Asian people. Idiot! I, obviously, at the time he didn't know I was dating an Asian woman, but that wouldn't have mattered to him. So he screwed up. He got fired. Accept no responsibility. Just blame somebody. Blame racism. You'll have more and more suits brought by people who don't do a good job, don't show up, whatever, but they're fired for a valid reason. And they're going to come back and say, oh, it's only because my hair is like this. And how much legal wrangling and BS and lawyer's fees are going to have to be paid for managers and business owners to, to go through the rigmarole of trying to get out of this junk? be when they're being accused of things they didn't do. Now, for me, it's pretty simple. I think if you own a business and you're hiring people, you ought to be you ought to be able to uh, hire whoever you want based on anything. If you don't like their hairdo, fine. Don't hire them because of their hairdo, their skin color, their sexual orientation, anything. That's your business. It may make you a complete jerk, but it's your business. And people still do that anyway. If you don't think your appearance has anything to do with getting interviewed and getting a job, you need to get a reality check because it does. The way you present yourself, the way you dress, the questions you ask, showing up. There's so many things that go into being hired by somebody. <clears throat> beyond your, your experience or skills or qualification or education. All those things matter, but all the other things matter too. And this is a bad idea to say we're only going to, uh, we're going to allow more suits, more people to file complaints, more people to file suits, more people to uh, try to cause problems for business owners. Me, I'm pretty much, if I work here, you hired me, you can fire me. Now, I've been fired. Everyone has. And there's a couple people who, uh, to me, are utter trash. Because of the way I was treated, it happens. It happens, and it wasn't my hairstyle. It wasn't anything uh, except someone's attitude changed. In fact, one job I thought I would have forever. There's been two or three of them. I thought that, but the first one, as acting GM, had a meeting with the owner. Came in, sit down with me on a Monday, and he said. Here's, here's what I want. And we had him every couple of weeks. And he said, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'll tell you what this is about. He said, I'm going to open a new location. He said, you are the best employee I have. You are golden. You're honest. You don't steal. You're going to do the right thing. You know what to do. You know how to do it. So uh, my new restaurant, I want to give you a choice. Totally yours. Take a couple of weeks. Think about it. Do you want to open the new place and run it? as the GM, or do you want me to do that, and I'll, and you can stay here and run this one. Now, if you left that meeting that day, you would think that you had a lot of uh, job security, wouldn't you? Well, one week later, before I, I, remember I was given two weeks to make the decision. One week later, I'm sitting at the same table having a meeting with the same owner who fires me. Because I'm just not doing a good job. What changed in a week? Nothing. Nothing changed. I don't I still don't know what it was for. I have suspicions, but now to me that's about as uh, about as sorry as you can get, but it happens. And letting people sue because they think maybe their hairstyle has something to do with them getting fired. No, bad idea. Bad, bad, bad idea. What else is a bad idea? How about acting like an ass on the bus in Albuquerque, New Mexico? How about that one, my friends? Sounds pretty bad to me. We may have the ultimate Karen in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And as I said, the ultimate Karen, perhaps from KRQE... Albuquerque, New Mexico. There's a video that is attached uh, of a woman who refuses to move on a city bus for an elderly veteran. Um, And again, KRQE. There's a video shows a passenger on an ART bus refusing to move for an elderly man in a wheelchair and it turned ugly. What started as a normal bus ride Monday morning took a turn at the Presbyterian stop. Those damn Presbyterians again, always causing problems. A witness said an elderly man in a wheelchair needed a woman to move, listen closely, temporarily, so he could maneuver his wheelchair into a spot. Uh, he asked the woman on the other side if she could move for just a second so he could turn around his wheelchair and she refused to do so. Now, sounds like a nice lady. Uh, That is from John Benavidez, a witness on the bus. Leave me alone. My space. It's my space, the female passenger said. She continuously refused to move. I know my rights. Everybody's watching you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, she said. Well, sounds a little bit paranoid. I'm just saying, she may be in... uh, she may be in in uh, Hillary Clinton territory with paranoia. Remember Hillary about 2016? That was her election. It was her turn. Her turn, damn it. Her turn. Uh, the bus driver finally got out of the seat, his seat, I assume. And again, uh, speaking really reasonably to the lady, asked her to move and she wouldn't do it. And things, they escalated, said Benavidez. All you have to do is get up for 30 seconds, the driver said. Basically, she needed to get up so he could, I assume, back his wheelchair into a little handicapped spot at the front of the bus, and then he was good, and she could sit right back down. But that was her space, her space. Uh, He and the elderly, elderly man pleaded with the lady, young lady, I'm a combat veteran of three wars. I'm going to be 97 next month, and you are trying to hinder me, said the elderly man. The driver eventually told her to get off the bus. All right ma'am I need you to hop off the bus now since you're refusing to comply. All right I guess we'll get security he eventually said. I was shocked at the lack of consideration for this gentleman said Benavidez. The woman eventually gets up but throws punches at other passengers uh, at another passenger rather before getting off the bus. Like I said she's a really nice lady. This this may be the queen The queen of all Karens, because she was a white lady. Uh, But he said the behavior on buses recently has been a problem for the past few months. People refusing to wear masks. That'll trigger the anti-vaxxers and trigger the mask people, too. Uh, Not obeying commands of the driver. Twice in the last month, I've witnessed two people doing drugs on the bus. Yes, this is problematic. Now, I I have heard that Albuquerque, this a few years ago, had a real problem with the crime and thuggery. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I know it's a beautiful area of the country. New Mexico is gorgeous. Uh, But again, you have more and more entitlement. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's a problem. I'm on the bus. I'm not wearing a mask. I might go into. Or I'm on the bus, I'm wearing a mask, I think you ought to be wearing one too, fellow passenger. And unless you do it, I'm going to call the police on you, that kind of garbage. Okay, if there's a mandate for a mask, I don't like it either. I don't believe in them. They were a complete failure, frankly. But when when they were mandated here and there, they're still mandated at Dallas. i dropped drop my mom off there. I put a mask on, get out of the car, help her, help her inside, get back in the car, take the mask off. See, it's called respect for their rules. And you disrespect. If, if you need to get up so an elderly person or a handicapped person can back their wheelchair into a spot and you can sit right back down where you were, you're just a bad person if you don't do that. This lady's a bad person. Sounds like she might have mental problems. But apparently this is a growing problem in Albuquerque. Disbehavior in general is Declining. And Mr. Benavidez has called on city leadership to bump up security. Well, you know what that'll that'll do? They'll deal with more crazy people, and then it'll get more complaints from the crazy people when security tries to make them do what they need to do or supposed to do. That'll be a problem, and eventually it will lead to racism, I'm sure. It's been a problem with the vast few months, Mr. Benavidez said. I, I agree with the free fare program, and fares, but at the same time, whoa, 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 whoa! Did he say I agree with the free fare program? And that's when the problem started. I can guarantee you. It's amazing how how often you do something for people to, to get to, to waive a cost for them to get them in free and mass, just a policy, all bus rides free, and you are going to get more and more people riding the bus. And you're going to get more and more jerks riding the bus and more and more complaints. Now, a lot of the people taking advantage of the free fare probably benefits them. Good. That's fine if the city can pay for it. And I'm sure they act like civilized people. But you're going to get more and more thugs, more punks, more people with bad attitudes, and more entitled people when you do things like free fare. Uh, but at the same time, they had to anticipate that there was going to be some people getting on a bus of, of, as a result of that program that shouldn't be there. There you go. There you go. I remember there was a problem in the city of Dallas with uh, the DART, the Dallas Area Rapid Transit. And there were these trains that ran at different places. And Someone called me one day and was asking me about business at the restaurant I ran there, and had traffic increase. We getting more people. I said, "Well, we're getting more problems, and you were getting more thugs, more gangbangers, more people who weren't the best quality people, and of course, the main people who suffered was the people who needed that transportation." They took it to work. They took it to school, wherever. They were just minding their own business, doing what they were supposed to do, and they were getting into problems over it. Because, again, as this gentleman said, people who shouldn't be there. When you get the word free out, expect problems, my friends. But anyway, that's your... uh, ultimate karen from albuquerque now let's talk about our final story today Katanje brown jackson most likely your next supreme court uh, justice uh mike mcdaniel writes about her and her well her interchange with senator marcia blackburn of tennessee when senator blackburn asked her how she would define a woman And Katanji Brown-Jackson, I can't do that. Uh, I'm not a biologist. Uh, I, 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 uh, I can't do that. Really? Too hard to define a woman. Well, Mike McDaniel decided to write about that a little bit. And he asked this question. Who cannot cobble together a definition of, quote, woman or man for that matter? who from young childhood up does not know the difference between male and female and can express those differences in some reasonably coherent way? Who, even ignorant of science, can't describe the observable physical behavioral characteristics of women as compared to men? I mean, really, that's a great question. That is the great question. Who can't do that? Uh, Biden nominee for the Supreme Court, Ketanji Brown Jackson, for one, cannot. Now, in an earlier piece, Mike McDaniel, who is a great writer, great thinker, uh, wrote in a piece, a post he had on his blog, Trans Fraud, Screaming Enough, he wrote this, trans cheerleaders are like Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart, who, speaking of obscenity, said, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. cracktivists cannot define woman, but they know one when they see one, particularly if they aren't actually female. Thus do we have chest feeders, bleeders and birthing persons. Thus are we expected to accept the lunacy that men, and whatever other genders trans cheerleaders dream up, can become pregnant and bear children. They know perfectly well what women are, but biological reality has no room for people who, quote, identify as women, so women become indefinable except as those who identify as women. Regardless of their male appendages, DNA, and innate physiology, to do otherwise exposes the trans narratives as the evil lie it is. Bravo. Well said. Why, why aren't people like him getting interviewed on Fox, CNN, all these talk shows? Why? More common sense, more clarity in his statement than you'll hear in, probably in 48, 72 hours of watching Fox. And that's the best of the bunch of the cable. I mean, I'm not even trying to think of CNN or MSNBS having anything like that on. Uh, Brian Stelter's head would explode. Now, McDaniel writes this, As as I'm sure you know, general readers, the hearings on the nomination of, of Brown Jackson are underway and are quite unlike the hearings of Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. Republicans are politely asking questions directly related to Brown's judicial philosophies. That's what they're supposed to do. And about the training, experience, and ruling of her legal career, Uh, despite Democrats, socialists, and and, uh, communists hiding truckloads of relevant documents. Even though Brown Jackson is supposedly one of America's greatest legal minds, her LSAT score is likewise hidden. Why? Why the concealment, despite her imminent coronation, uh, widely lauded as historic, she's a black woman, you know, because she is black and female. Not everyone is impressed, nor are they quite ready to crown her. Kyle Smith at National Review is one such person. And this gentleman lays it out very, very well. He writes, "I haven't been paying much attention to the confirmation hearings of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, and I suspect the American public isn't either. Yeah, it's not exactly riveting TV. I just uh, stopped the other day. It was on a couple uh, last week, the week before, and I just watched the neighbor's Chevy rust for a while. It was much more, much more stimulating mentally." In these kinds of low salience cases, I'd guess that only one moment is really going to matter in the popular perception. The Republicans have created it. Uh, The Democrat-allied media are underplaying or ignoring the exchange, but it was absolutely devastating. In essence, the Republicans were poking around somewhat ineptly – yep, that's Republicans – trying to make the judge say something that would sound extreme, shocking, bizarre, nonsensical alarming and ultra woke to the average American and Senator Blackburn finally succeeded. And that's when he got into, can you define a woman? Can you, can you provide a definition for the word woman? That was the specific question that Senator Blackburn asked. Jackson said, can I provide a definition? No, I can't. Blackburn, you can't. Uh, Jackson, not in this context starts to chuckle as though the question is absurd i'm not a biologist and you mean the meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition blackburn, blackburn uh, response senator in my work as a judge what i do is i address disputes if there's a dispute about a definition people make arguments and i look at the law and i decide so i'm not And Blackburn cuts her off and says, Well, the fact you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. This last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA Swimming Championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to win in sports at the highest levels? Uh, Brown Jackson responded, Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. If you're asking me about the legal issue related to it, um, those are topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say, and could come to the court. So, blah, 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 blah. Word salad. Bad answer. That's the, that's, uh, the conclusion there. <clears throat> Excuse me. From... Uh, from the gentleman at national or uh not national review national review yes that's what it is it's hard to it, it's hard folks kyle smith's gentleman who wrote the piece of national review but he sums it up very well and saying it's a bad answer jackson is essentially saying it's above her philosophical pay grade to make a distinction that is bound to come up before the court and has many many ramifications in the law. So why is she being considered for the court? That's what I would ask. And McDaniel adds this. Apparently Americans may have no legitimate uh, expectation. Supreme Court justices have the most minimal common knowledge or basic knowledge about human beings and their physical, emotional, and psychological natures. Were I, Senator, were I Senator Blackburn, I would have followed up with this I would have said, can you provide a definition of the word woman? Jackson, can I provide a definition? No, I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. Are you a woman? Blackburn should have responded that way. Are you a woman? What would Jackson have said to that? Well, uh, she'd have to say, well, of course I am. Or would she try to say she couldn't couldn't make that that ruling without the court case in front of her? Then Blackburn could have said, isn't it true President Biden's primary criteria for appointing you is that you are black and a female? We know it is because he said it repeatedly. What would Jackson have said to that? Blackburn could have then said, isn't it true if you were not a woman, you would not be sitting there today? And Brown Jackson probably would have fainted at that point. So President Biden, Blackburn should have continued, knows what a woman is, yet you, a Harvard-educated lawyer and judge, do not. Despite being a woman, you really have no idea what a woman is? Oh, it would have been beautiful had Blackburn done that. Absolutely brilliant. Of course, that didn't happen, but if it would have, that would have been really riveting TV for me. And generally, processes like picking a Supreme Court justice and asking these questions—it's—it's uh, it's tiresome, especially these days, because you know that Brown Jackson is a ideologue of the left. You know that. You knew that Trump's picks were going to be conservative in their politics. You knew that, and it's just—it's nothing but, uh, you know, gesticulating. Both sides doing their usual political games. It, it really is boring. Now uh, the uh, the Kavanaugh hearings were different because they did some things, said some things, tried some things to to smear Kavanaugh that were truly despicable. Uh, remember that's what made Lindsey Graham actually grow a set and go off in the Democrats. Uh, and he really laid laid the law out to them, and he should. I right? deep respect for what Lindsey Graham did that day. Uh, But, in closing, let me just use these few more words from Mike McDaniel. The nonsensical blathering about having to hear both sides' version of a definition in a case is just that, nonsense. Definitions are certainly important in the law. If a person of ordinary intelligence cannot read a law and know what is and is not prescribed, that law is unconstitutional. Void for vagueness. That, however, is not what we're talking about. There is no excuse nor any precedent in law for feigning ignorance about basic concepts of reality, such as male and female, heat and cold, or night and day. But that kind of ignorance allows all manners of mischief, such as depriving, by law, the rights of parents to know when school officials encourage their children to, quote, transition, or to mandate such outrages in the schools. It guarantees not equal rights, but special rights, Rights and Friends on the the Legitimate Rights of Americans for Temporarily Favored Victim Groups Slash Tribes. Absolutely great piece. Go read the rest of it at uh, StatelyMcDanielManor.wordpress.com. Great, great, great. Or just enter StatelyMcDanielManor in in Twitter, or uh, not Twitter, Google or Bing. You'll you'll find it. Uh, Excellent writing by Mr. McDaniel. Uh, great piece right here by Mr. McDaniel. And God bless him for it. And God bless him for being a national treasure. My friends, that's it for the show for today. Should have been yesterday. Uh, but again, uh, long story, some health issues with me uh, and uh, other things happening, taking more time than I thought they would. So I get knocked off schedule every once in a while. And apparently far too often lately, I apologize. But thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. All comments, please send them to dailygator.com. Just put them on the first post in the comments. God bless y'all. And remember the three golden rules of life. They are very simply go Gators. God bless America. And if you're left, you just ain't right and probably can't define what a woman is. May God have mercy on your soul. I'll talk to you Tomorrow, my friends, for the usual Tuesday episode and then again on Wednesday on the usual Wednesday episode, I promise. If I break that promise, you can call me a poopy head or something. Take care. Say your prayers. Be good to you, kids. Good to your dogs. Good to each other. And thank you for your patronage. Morning, new night. Whenever you listen, I do appreciate it. Y'all take care.